And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a detective adventure with Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons, starring Philip Clark from 1952. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cohen will play short clips from popular Lady Gaga songs, and a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Karen and I will try to name that tune. Right, Lisa? That's right. We have Karen on the phone right now from Boston. Hi, Karen. Hey, Karen. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Carl. <laughs> What's up? How are you? I'm doing great, Carl. How are you? Oh, terrific. You don't have much of a Boston accent. No, that doesn't sound like Boston. I you going to say, go park the car over there. No? Oh, Where are you no, from? I born here, Carl. Okay. <laughs> Where are you from, Karen? Indiana. Oh, Indiana. <laughs> okay. Well, are you a Lady Gaga fan? Oh, I'm a huge Lady Gaga Oh, good. Fan. Well, then Carl's going to have a tough uh, time here. What's then. more important is, how's the clam chowder out there in Boston? Pretty good? Oh, I'm a vegetarian, Carl. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, sorry for you. <laughs> You're missing out. All uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're ready for Lady Gaga? We are. <laughs> Cracking me up, Karen. So I'm going to play a clip, and as soon as you recognize the title of the song, you guys shout it out, and we'll see how it goes. Here is mm-hmm. the first Lady Gaga song. No oh, I got it, Lisa. I got it, Lisa. Just say the title as quickly as you can. The Edge of Glory. The Edge of Glory is exactly right. That's from her album Born This Way from 2011. Karen's up. Carl, you know this song, Carl. Yeah, but I didn't know the title. <laughs> You've heard it, though. I've heard it, yeah. It's pretty popular. Yeah, is it? I told you I'm a Gaga fan. All right. <laughs> we got the right gal on the phone. We sure do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the first one. I'm I'm losing already. All right, come on, you guys know the second one. Here it is. Shallow, 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 shallow. You've got it, Carl. (laughs) Your eyes just popped out of your head when you said it. You got one. It's shallow. Um, you know this song. Star is born. Yes, Karen. This is from Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. 
from the musical A Star is Born, and it was written by Lady Gaga. I get, I get mistaken for Bradley Cooper a lot. Oh, you yeah. look a lot like yeah. him. <laughs> oh, like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Actually, I get mistaken for Lady Gaga a lot. Oh, well, that makes yeah. more sense to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great yeah, song. Yeah, this is a great song. You should, yeah. Karen, I wish you could have seen Carl's face when he said, oh, first you said hello. I got like, hello, yeah. shallow. Well, no, the app, there's a, um, there's like a hello. Shallow Hal. Like yeah. Shallow Hal. Yeah. Hello, the app is, is a really great app. That's and so true. I just, I don't know, it's first Well, that is a great song. All right, here's the next song. The next song is from 2008. Yes. Oh. You got you, Karen. Poker Face is right from the album The Fame. Another good one. Huge Gaga fan. Tara, you must be. I I like her, but I don't know the names of her songs. But clearly you do. That one I know. Poker Face. Here it is. Poker Face. (laughs) I am two. Carl, two. Karen, one. Right. He's very competitive, Karen. Oh, Let's go here. I don't think I know any other ones. I think you do. Here's the next so. song, 2008. Paparazzi. That's it. Yep. You've got it. Paparazzi wow. from an album, The Fame. Same album. Paparazzi. 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 <laughs> it, roll, it, roll, it rolls right, off the tongue. It rolls right off the sure. tongue. Can you roll your R's? Paparazzi. Karen, can you roll, roll your R's? Paparazzi. There you go. Right. True right. Italian. You get extra credit for that. All right, here's the next song from 2008 as well. Where all my keys, I love my phone, phone, That's it. Wow. Just Dance. That's it. Right in the nick of time there. Just go, Dance. Karen. Released on her like album. Like game. Did, that's yeah. right. Like Way the Wii game. Yeah. Um, did you know this was written by Lady Gaga in 10 minutes? 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Wow. That's some talent She's there. She's quick. She's quick. Right. <laughs> 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 we have one she's more to really go. Quick. How are we doing with the score here, it's, Carl? Uh, she's up. Karen's up 3-2. All right. Okay. I can la- only tie, here's the, tie. Last song. Be the best I could do. Here we go, Karen. This is for you from 2016. I bow down to pray. I try to make the world seem better. Lord, show me the way. I heard her sing this on the Howard Stern show. A million reasons. Yeah, that's it. But no, she got it. You got it. Just, got just it. in the nick of time. Million yeah, reasons from it. her album Joanne. Wow. That's a Joanne. This is from her album Joanne. Joanne. Yes, that's is the name it? of the album. Oh, my best friend is named Joanne. And there you go. Really? See, meant to be. Oh, wow. There you go. It's always good to have a best friend named Joanne. Wow, Karen, you did great. You did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did great. You uh. 
You got four, and I only got two, and that's two more than I thought I was going to get. And that makes you a winner. When yeah, is she going to win? Twilight a trip Zone. to Hawaii? Twilight Zone, four CD set. <laughs> <laughs> we have a big budget over here. Lisa yeah. actually has a private jet. She can just take you on her, oh, on her private, has a private jet. jet. Yeah, yeah, she does. <laughs> All right. Well, you you did a great job. Call back and play again another time. Thank Thanks, you, Karen. Karen. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Have right. a good night. Send our take best care. to Joanne. When we come back, it's Mister Keen, tracer of lost person. That guy was keen. He's very keen. Very keen at everything he did. So stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Every Saturday night, Lisa, Mike, Bubble Bath, and I order our Mies meals. Uh, what did we all get this week? What? I know what I got. What did you get, Carl? I got uh, like a fajita, steak fajitas, but it was like all kinds of great in- you ingredients. You got carne asada tacos. Yeah. Which are steak tacos with peppers and onions fajitas, and cilantro. Fajitas, tacos, same and, thing to and, me. And, right, and cheese. Um, and you know what? Would you ever think of putting all those ingredients together, going no. to the store. No. And the great thing is with Mies Meals, it comes measured, chopped, prepped, cleaned, everything ready to go with a little recipe card that tells you step yep. by step exactly what they to do. They have figured it out. Mies Meals knows how to do this. And they can ship the food to you in like 95% of the country. So if you're hearing my voice, you probably can get Mies Meals delivered to you. Mike ordered roasted red pepper gnocchi with smoky sausage. What did you get? Um, so I'm going to order, uh, it's a vegetarian option. Uh-huh. It is, I can't find it right now. Uh, wait a minute. I will get it for you. Stand by. Stand by. Please Looking stand for by. The veg- some vegetarian options because that's what they do. They give you so many options no matter what your restrictions or preferences are. That only works. This is called barbecued sweet potato couscous gratin. So it's yeah. couscous and sweet potatoes and barbecue sauce and mozzarella with kale. I mean, this is delicious at its well, finest. And they change it up every single week. There's like 10 different items. Mm-hmm. Just go to their go to their website, folks. Go to measmeals.com, M-E-E-Z meals.com. And look at all the amazing things they have. And here's the special offer for you, our listeners. Mies Meals does this for just our Hollywood 360 listeners. And that means you, 50% off the first time you order when you use the promo code CARL at checkout. I mean, it's incredible. Don't miss out. Right. I feel like once you try it, you'll become a believer because... You don't know until you try it, and it's really something special. It's really nice. I prepare the food with my kids. We put, you know, food on the table. We make it together. It's sort of a a tradition now. We make the Mies Meals, and we have a really special meal at the end. It's terrific. Yep. Go to Mies Meals, M-E-E-Z Meals.com. Order some food. Make sure you take advantage of the 50% off your first order by putting the promo code CARL in at checkout. Mies Meals, we love them, and you will too. Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons, aired for a long time, 1937 until 1955. It was produced by Frank and Ann Hummert, and there were several actors who played Mr. Keen over the run. 
Towards the end, Philip Clark played Mr. Keene. That's what we have for you on this episode. Mr. Keene was an elderly and kind detective with a faithful assistant, Mike Clancy. And um, these are terrific. There's not a lot of them in, like, pristine quality. We have a good one for you now. From November 7th, 1952, the case of the murder and the prize-winning bull. Here's part one of Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons. It's time now for Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons. Brought to you by Dentine, the gum with breathtaking flavor. And Beeman's Pepsin. Tastes so good and aids digestion, too. Ladies and gentlemen, we present Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons, one of the most famous characters of American fiction in one of radio's most thrilling dramas. Tonight and every Friday at this time, the famous old investigator takes from his file and brings to us one of his most celebrated missing persons cases. Tonight's case is entitled The Case of Murder and the Prize-Winning Bull. The story of a mysterious murder on a country estate following a quarrel over a $50,000 prize bull. Why a beautiful woman is accused and how the case is solved by a tiny clue found by Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons. For Mr. Keene and the case of murder and the prize-winning bull. Our scene opens at night on a large country estate situated near New York City. A sudden noise inside a huge white barn near the main house has brought a tall, distinguished-looking man hurrying down the gravel path leading to the barn. The man is unaware that he is running to his death. Who's that standing near the barn? My handyman? It's so dark I can't see. Is that you, Tom Brewer? Yes, Mr. Stevens, it's me. Well, what's all that noise coming from the barn? It woke me up. Tom, didn't you hear the racket? Yeah, I, I, I heard it, Mr. Stevens. Why, the animals sounded as if they were ready to stampede. I'd better go in the barn and have a look. Now, who left that lighted lamp on the floor? I've told Tom Brewer about fire hazards so often. I... Champion. My prize bull. Why, why, he's lying there in his stall. He's dead. I, I... You. Then it was you who... Oh, no. No. Put that gun down. Oh. Do 
Yes, ma'am. This is Mr. Keane's office, isn't it? That's right, ma'am. I'm his partner, Mike Clancy. This is Mr. Keane right here. And what can I do for you, madam? Mr. Keane, my name is Emma Stevens. I, I've come here about my half-brother, John. He, he's been murdered. Shot to death in cold blood last night on our estate. Please sit down, Miss Stevens. I, I'm so frightened, so stunned. My poor brother. One of the finest men on earth, Mr. Keith. Here, sit down in this chair, ma'am. I'll get us some water, boss. Now, compose yourself, Miss Stevens. You're among friends. I know that, Mr. Keith. That's why I came here to your office. Your reputation as an investigator led me to believe that you'd help me find my brother's murderer. The local police don't have a single clue. Here, take a sip of this water, Miss Stevens. No, thank you, Mr. Clancy. Now I believe I can tell you the entire story. And please do, Miss Stevens. My brother, John Stevens, was a retired businessman and a very successful one, Mr. Keene. He retired very early in his career so he could devote more time to his main hobby, animal breeding. He was a gentleman farmer, is that it? I... Suppose you might call it that. John and I lived together on a large estate just a short way up the Hudson River. I'm unmarried, and so is John. Go on, Miss Stevens. Well, last night, about midnight, I heard a noisy racket coming from the barns. It was the one in which John kept his best saddle horses and champion his prize-winning bull. As you may know, Mr. Keene, a prize bull can be a very valuable animal. Yes, I understand that they can sometimes bring as much as $50,000. Saints preserve us, but that's a lot of money for one animal. Well, Champion was worth about that much, Mr. Clancy. Did you say was, Miss Stevens? Yes. But let me continue. The noise from the barn woke me up about midnight, and I heard my brother John hurrying down the hall and out of the house. Evidently, he was going to investigate. I see. A few minutes later, Mr. Keene... I heard a shot. I ran out quickly and hurried down to the barn. I found my brother John lying dead on the barn floor with a bullet in his heart. And you saw no one on the grounds just before or after you found your brother, Miss Stevens? No, Mr. Keene. It, it was so dark outside. But inside the barn, near my brother's body, I also found Champion, his prize bull. Champion had also been killed by a shotgun. Is it possible, Miss Stevens, that the person who killed the bull also killed your half-brother? Well, the police are working on that theory now. They think that someone who was jealous of John, or who may have wanted to hurt him in some way, shot his prize animal. John may have caught him in the act and paid with his life for it. In any case, the killing of the bull is of no importance compared with a man's murder. Our search will be for a killer of human beings... Your brother's murderer. Then you will help me, Mr. Keene. Of course, Miss Stevens. Well, then I must tell you something I couldn't tell the police. Because I wasn't sure. But you can find out whether I'm right or wrong. What is it, Miss Stevens? Well, we have a neighbor, Paul Kincaid. He and my brother John were once good friends. But they split up. Why? Did they quarrel? Violently. Over what, Miss? Well, I... I don't know, Mr. Clancy... John was very unhappy, and he wouldn't talk about it. He, he just said once that Paul Kincaid and his wife were very jealous people. Is Paul Kincaid a gentleman farmer like your brother? He tried to be, Mr. Keene, but he wasn't successful. Paul Kincaid is as rich as John, and 
Very vain. Actually, I, I think he went in for animal breeding just to see if he could better John. Hmm. Could that rivalry have caused their quarrel? Well, that or jealousy over Evelyn Kincaid, Paul's wife. And just what do you mean, Miss Stevens? Well, Paul Kincaid saw a rival in every man he met, Mr. Keene. Although I, I think Evelyn's tried to be a good wife to him. She's a very beautiful woman, while Paul has lost his looks. And he appears much older than he is. So jealousy may have been the murder motive. Well, we'll have to talk to Paul Kincaid as soon as we arrive at your estate, Miss Stevens. Uh, it is your estate now, isn't it? Well, if you mean, do I inherit it now that my brother is dead? I couldn't say, Mr. Keene, that the will hasn't been read yet. Now, who is his closest surviving relative? I am. But what has that got to do with... If, if you're ready to leave with me now, Mr. Keene, I'll take you to our estate. Yes, Mike Clancy and I are ready to leave and begin the first part of our investigation of the strange murder of your brother. Man, this guy had a really bad day. First, his prize-winning bull is killed, and then he's killed. Uh-oh. I mean, you know. Yeah. That could ruin your whole day. Yeah, at least... At least a day. <laughs> at least a day, Carl. <laughs> Mr. Keen. He was very keen on everything. Yeah, you mentioned like, that earlier. I'm keen about that. I'm keen about this, too. He was mm. really keen. He had a very keen eye for detail. So keen is the word of the hour. He was Mr. Keen. Gotcha. Tracer of lost persons. Solved a lot of murders, too. Not only found people that were missing. You're keen, Carl. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. <laughs> November 7th, 1952, the case of murder and the prize-winning bull. And that's no bull, Lisa. Starring Philip Clark. We'll get back to it and more of Hollywood 360 after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. With so much political turmoil happening here and abroad, there's never been a more important time to stay informed and empowered. And National Review is the place to turn for thoughtful, conservative opinion when it matters most. National Review covers the breaking news and cultural trends in our country with a simple goal, uncovering and publishing the truth. Where other media institutions are driven by partisanship and captive to their benefactors and advertisers' progressive agendas, National Review has remained an independent voice committed to defending American values and right reason. We love National Review here at Hollywood 360, and we think you will as well. So... 
If you're someone who's looking for conservative coverage, Lisa is going to tell you how you can check it all out for yourself. That's right, Carl. Now you can save 60% on any National Review subscription when you go to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood for unlimited access to the best of National Review. That's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. Yeah, save 60% off of any National Review subscription. Check it all out. Go to their website. All right, we're listening to Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons. This is called The Case of Murder and the Prize-Winning Bull, November 7, 1952. Here's the conclusion. Turn into this driveway, Mr. Clancy. The main house is at the end of it. Right, Miss Stevens. It's quite a large place, isn't it? And do you have many servants, Miss Stephen? Only one, Mr. Keene. The handyman, Tom Brewer. As far as my brother John was concerned, I saw that he was comfortable myself. Most of the house has been locked off for years and we only use a few rooms. Where was this handyman, Tom Brewer, when the murder took place? Well, he wasn't on the grounds. It was his day off. He told the police he only returned several hours after poor John's body was discovered. You can see the barns from here. I, I, I found John's body in that large white one over there. The animals were taken out when the police started their investigation. Mr. Keene, there's a lady running up the path here. She looks kind of excited. Why, that's Evelyn Kincaid. She's the wife of our neighbor, Paul Kincaid. Mm, she's seen us. But she doesn't seem to be able to make up her mind whether to come over or not. She looks like she'd like to turn back, boss. Hello, Emma. Evelyn, this is Mr. Keene and Mr. Clancy. Mrs. Evelyn Kincaid, our neighbor. You're Mr. Keene, the criminal investigator? You seem to be upset about something, Mrs. Kincaid. Upset? Well, why should I be upset? Uh, Miss Stevens has told us something about you and your husband. She has? And just what has she told you? Just that you and Paul were our neighbors. And what else? Have you been gossiping again, Emma? If you have, just remember I can tell Mr. Keene a few things about you. Evelyn, I... I don't know what you're talking about. How much money did your murdered half-brother leave you? And how badly did you want to get hold of it? Evelyn, how dare you? There's no need for these recriminations, Mrs. Kincaid. Miss Stevens hasn't made any accusations about you. Well, she has nothing to accuse me of, Mr. Keene. I'll admit I was angry with John Stevens. That I often hoped he'd close his house and move away somewhere. Yes, you were angry with my brother, all right. Angry enough to wish he was dead when he got pneumonia last winter. Wishing is not a criminal offense, Emma Stevens. At least, not until the wish transforms itself into the deed. What do you mean by that? Mrs. Kincaid, I'd like to know why you felt that way about the murdered man, John Stevens, if it's true. It isn't true, Mr. Keene. But I'll tell you why I didn't want him around. He baited Paul, my husband... He was always boasting how much more clever he was about breeding animals. How he, John, always won the prizes while Paul won nothing but laughs. I won't stand here and listen to any more of this. Why are you here, Evelyn? What do you want? I was looking for Paul. I thought he came over here to offer you his condolences. But I'll be happy to get off your property as soon as... What do you think you... Put down that pitchfork, you idiot! It's my husband's voice. Boss, it sounds like a fight inside that white barn. Hurry, Mike. Let's see what's up. Are you out of your mind? You could kill a man. Help me with this heavy barn door, Mike. Oh, no. I'll kill you, Paul Kincaid. 
Make one more move, I'll jam this pitchfork through your throat. Come on, try to get that pitchfork away from him. Uh, who are you? Let me Here, I'll take that pig sticker. That's better. Say, but this thing could kill a steer. What's the meaning of this? My name is Keene. Mr. Keene, the investigator? Well, I'm Tom Brewer. You come here just in time. I'm the Stevens handyman. I just caught Mr. Kincaid snooping around this barn. When I asked him what he was up to, he hit me in the face. I grabbed a pitchfork to protect myself. And you're Paul Kincaid? I am, Mr. Keene. And this... this fool is exaggerating the entire affair. I... well, I came over to the Stevens estate to see John's sister, Emma, and to tell her how shocked I was to hear about his murder. But what were you doing here in the barn, Mr. Kincaid? Well, boss, that seems to be a question this fellow don't want to answer. I'm afraid he'll have to answer it, Mike. Mr. Kincaid, you'll accompany us back to the Stevens' house now, if you don't mind. There's more than one question I'm going to ask you in connection with the murder of John Stevens. Now back to Mr. Keene and the case of murder and the prize-winning bull. Mr. Keene, the famous investigator, and his partner, Mike Clancy, are investigating the murder of John Stevens, a wealthy animal breeder whose $50,000 prize bull was also shot dead at the time of the murder. At the moment, Mr. Keene and Mike are in the Stevens' home, now occupied solely by Emma Stevens, the victim's half-sister. Mr. Keene is questioning Paul Kincaid, a neighbor of the murdered man, while Kincaid's wife, Evelyn, waits in another part of the house. Now Mr. Keene is saying... Mr. Kincaid, my partner Mike Clancy and I are investigating the murder of your neighbor, John Stevens, as you know. I had nothing to do with it, Mr. Keene. On the contrary, someone has told me that you were jealous of the murdered man for several reasons. Really? First of all, you both bred animals as a hobby. And John Stevens seems to have bested you in prize competitions. What's that got to do with anything, Mr. Keene? His prize bull champion, worth $50,000, was shot about the time of the murder. Now, there's a possibility that the person who killed the bull did it out of jealousy. And when he was caught in the act by John Stevens, he murdered him. But we can tell you this, mister. We're not looking for the man who got rid of the bull. It's the murderer of John Stevens we want. So you think I killed his prize bull, then did away with Stevens? I suppose Emma, his half-sister, told you that. Well, you might question her a bit, Mr. Keene. She comes into a fortune now that John is dead. Mr. Kincaid, what about your feeling regarding John Stevens and your wife? My wife and John were merely friends, nothing more, Mr. Keene. I... I admit I may have been jealous of Evelyn once or twice, for no reason, but she'll bear me out as far as John was concerned. Mike... Call Mrs. Kincaid in here, please. Okay, boss. Oh, Mrs. Kincaid, uh, Mr. Keene would like to talk to you. What's happened, Paul? Is everything all right? Someone's been putting ideas into Mr. Keene's head, Evelyn. Someone's been gossiping about you and John Stevens. Tell Mr. Keene there was nothing between you. I've already told him. If anything, I hated John for the way he baited you, Paul, and made you unhappy. Does that answer your question, Mr. Keene? Part of it. 
However, you still have to explain what you were doing when Tom Brewer, the Stevens handyman, caught you inside the white barn, where John Stevens was murdered. Tell Mr. Keene the truth, Paul. Remember, you may be protecting a murderer. Keep quiet, Evelyn. I can't. I think it's for your own protection. Either you tell Mr. Keene the truth, or I will. Very well. I, I'll tell him myself. Mr. Keene, I was the one who shot and killed John's prize bull. I see. And why did you do it, Mr. Kincaid? Because he was always boasting about how clever he was as an animal breeder, and he he drove me into a fury. I'd been drinking too much just before I went over to his barn, and I hardly knew what I was doing. But I didn't murder John Stevens, I swear it. Who is the person your wife just mentioned? The one she said you might be protecting inadvertently. Mr. Keene, I meant Tom Brewer, the Stevens handyman. My husband saw him prowling around the grounds right after he left the barn. Well, boss, Tom Brewer said he wasn't near that place when John Stevens was murdered. Yes, that was his alibi. Mike, it appears as though Tom Brewer is the next to be questioned. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Kincaid, how far away do you live from here? We have the big house at the end of the road, Mr. Keene. You may go back there now. I warn you, however, that you're still under strong suspicion. Very well. Uh, just one thing more. Why did you return to the Stevens barn today? I, I was looking for my gun, the one I used to kill the prize bull. In the crazy state I was in that night, I, I left the revolver there in the barn. Hmm. As far as we know, the gun used to kill John Stevens has not yet been found. All right, Mr. Kincaid, you and your wife can leave. Come along, Mike. We're going inside and talk to Tom Brewer, the handyman. Well, Mr. Keene, there's Emma Stevens, but Tom Brewer ain't here. Well, if you're looking for Tom, Mr. Keene, he just went out to the barn. Oh, come with us, please, Miss Stevens. Mike, we'll follow Tom Brewer to the barn and see what he has to say now that his alibi has been cracked wide open. Here's the barn, boss. The handyman, Tom Brewer, must be inside. Would you wait out here, please, Miss Stevens? All right, Mr. Keene. The barn door's open, Mike. Let's go in. Mr. Keene. What are you doing here, Tom Brewer? Well, I just, just, uh, just cleaning up the barn a bit. Well, boss, looks more like he may have been up to something. Oh, what do you mean? We've just learned, Tom Brewer, that you were not off the grounds the night your employer, John Stevens, was murdered. Someone saw you near this barn, the scene of the crime. That, that's a lie, Mr. Kane. I advise you to tell the entire truth, Brewer. Remember, we have a witness who saw you. Maybe, maybe I was on the grounds. I was afraid to open up my mouth. I, I, I didn't want to get mixed up in any murder. Then you must have something you're hiding, Brewer. Because unless you had a motive to murder John Stevens, you had nothing to fear. Oh, Mr. Stevens was going to fire me. I figured the police might think I got sore enough to do him in because of that. Then you knew the murder had been committed even before his half-sister, Emma Stevens, found his body. I, I guess I found his body first, Mr. Keene. When I heard the shot, I ran in here to the barn. I saw him lying over there near that stall where the prize bull champion was lying, too. Was it over here, Tom? Yes, Mr. Keene. Uh, Mike, one of the floorboards here is loose. Let's have a closer look. Right, boss. Hmm. Mike, 
Yes, sir. Something stuck here between these two loose floorboards. See if you can pry it loose. Right. Well, it's stuck tight, boss, but well, I think I can... Here, here, sir. What is it? Mike, it's a clue. An important clue to the murder of John Stevens. Tom Brewer, you and the murdered man's sister, Emma Stevens, are coming with me to the Kincaid house for a final showdown. Mr. Keene. Mr. Kincaid, I brought your neighbor, Emma Stevens, and the handyman, Tom Brewer, with me. Mr. Keene says he has a clue, Paul, in regard to my brother's murder. You have, Mr. Keene? Yes, Mrs. Kincaid. Tom Brewer just admitted that he was near the barn when John Stevens was murdered. But I found something else that changes the situation completely. I tell you, I didn't oh, have... Oh, we heard nothing. you the first time, Brewer. Now, first of all, Mr. Kincaid, let me ask you this. How did your wife know that you'd killed John Stevens' prize bull? Paul told me, Mr. Keene. Uh, yes, uh, I told Evelyn when she found me leaving the Stevens' property. Then your wife here was also on the murdered man's property when the crime was committed. I heard Paul leave our house and I followed him, Mr. Keene. I knew he was up to something. And where did you meet him, Mrs. Kincaid? Outside the Stevens' barn. Then you were never inside the barn at all? Never, Mr. Keene. And I can prove that's a lie, Mrs. Kincaid. What? John Stevens' murderer was a woman, and she left this clue. It's a small leather lift, the thin section on the bottom of the heel of a woman's shoe. And I believe it came from your wife's shoe, Mr. Kincaid. She must have caught her heel between two floorboards just inside the barn. And when she pulled her foot loose, she left this leather lift in the crack. Well, how do you know it's from my heel? It might have come from Emma Stevens' shoe. I've noticed that Emma Stevens only wears low, flat-heeled shoes. Now, you, a younger woman, wear high heels, Mrs. Kincaid. And this lift came from a high-heeled shoe. Evelyn, those shoes, the ones you left for the maid to have repaired. Be quiet, Paul. Where are those shoes, Mr. Kincaid? Over there on the foyer table. You fetch them, will you, Mike? Right, boss. You keep those shoes alone. Mr. Kane, why, there's part of the heel missing from this shoe of Mrs. Kincaid's. Here, look here, sir. Yes, Mike. And this small piece of leather I found in the Stevens barn just fits the missing section. It's enough evidence, I think, to arrest Evelyn Kincaid and... Mike, don't let her touch that vase. Oh, she won't, boss. Here, I've got it. I could kill you for this. I saw her edging over to it. Now, reach inside, Mike. Right. Boss, there's a gun hidden inside this vase. Now, handle it carefully to preserve the fingerprints. That's my gun, Mr. Keene. Yes, Mr. Kincaid. The one you left in the barn after you killed John Stevens' prize bull. Your wife found it and used it to kill Stevens himself. She evidently thought she had a perfect opportunity to commit murder and then have you take the blame. Evelyn, I, I can't believe it. Why would you... Why? Because John Stevens was a fool. I begged him to run away with me. I wanted him to help me get rid of you and... In other words, Mrs. Kincaid... You first tried to get John Stevens to help you kill your husband. Then, when he refused, you murdered Stevens because you were afraid he'd give you away. And because you were a woman scorned, a woman he refused to love. Yes, yes. Evelyn. And don't look that way at me, Paul. You should have known all along that I wouldn't have married a drab little man like you if you hadn't a fortune. A fortune you hoped to get your hands on, Mrs. Kincaid. 
If your husband had got the electric chair for your crime, you'd have inherited his money. Then I was right, Mr. Keene, in being jealous of my wife. John Stevens was handsome, distinguished. She did have designs on him. You needn't be jealous of your wife any longer, Paul Kincaid, because she'll spend the rest of her life in prison, if she's lucky enough to escape the death penalty, for the murder of John Stevens. And so Mr. Keene finds the solution to the case of murder and the prize-winning bull. <laughs> Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons, is based on the novel Mr. Keene. The radio sequel is originated and produced by Frank and Anne Hummer. Dialogue by Lawrence Clee, directed by Richard Leonard. Philip Clark plays Mr. Keene. Don't miss Mr. Keene on Friday of next week when the kindly old tracer turns to The Skull and Crossbones Murder Case. Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons, is brought to you by Dentine, the gum with breathtaking flavor, and Beeman's Pepsin. Tastes so good... And AIDS digestion, too. Your announcer is Harry Kramer. This is the CBS Radio Network. Stay tuned for Gunsmoke. It's 8.30. WCBS AM and FM, New York. All right, towards the end there, got a little muddy, but throughout the whole show, pretty good quality. That is Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons, November 7th, 1952. The case of murder and the prize-winning bull starring Philip Clark, and it was sponsored by uh, Dentine, which uh, is a uh, good gum. I like Dentine, you know? I do, too, Freshens but I don't, your breath chew, I don't chew gum. It's nice. I like Dentine. I don't think I've ever seen you chew gum. Yeah, Not Too I often. Do. Yeah, I like, I like gum. I won't chew. I don't chew yeah. it. I can't walk and chew gum at the same oh, time, I'm but sure. <laughs> I do like to chew gum. All right, you ready for this month in music history? I sure am. We're going back to the 1980s. I think you'll like this song. That's Huey Lewis in the news. Exactly. Got a good beat to it. Sounds very 80s somehow. Yeah. I, I, I was a big music lunatic in the 80s. I love music. Well, a lunatic 80s. for sure. I don't know yeah. about the music part. So <laughs> what's the name of the song? Um, um, Come on, Mr. Lunatic. What's the I name of the Huey song? it's Huey Lewis in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, it was number seven in 1982. What is it? Do you believe in love? Oh, that's you why. That's why I don't in love, know. right? Anything with love. <laughs> come on, here it is. Come on, love in the title. Do you believe in love? If it has love in the title, I'm not You're interested. Out. Yeah, of course. Believe in love. Do you, Carl? Do you believe in yes, love? Yes, I absolutely do. All right, good. 100%. Good to know. Percent. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of love. So. Yeah, I believe in it. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> and I believe in Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> good, good, good. All right, thanks, Lisa. More sure. of Hollywood 360 in a flash. If you believe it, take my hand and More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. A little earlier in the show, Lisa, we listened to Tales of the Texas Rangers. 
Well, we have like its sister program in our next hour, Dragnet. Very similar true crime cases. These were from the files of the Los Angeles Police Department. Jack Webb, of course, was incredible as Sergeant Joe Friday on Dragnet. We have a 1950 broadcast that's in our next hour. We're also going to play our game, Is It Real? Or is it ridiculous, the music edition? That's right. And, Carl, all of the songs tonight uh, have dance in dance. the title. The word dance in dance. the title. Hmm. And what is our ongoing bet? Our ongoing bet is if you get them all correct. All four. I owe you a dinner. Oh. And if I get them all correct, meaning you get all of them wrong, wrong, you owe me a dinner. Anything in between doesn't count. So it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. So I have to get all four. I have to guess all four of the of the songs. I have to say the titles, or what am I doing? No, I'm going to give you a statement about each of these songs. Oh, and I'm going to say if it's real, real or ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Should be fun. We've only been doing this 16 years, so I forgot. <laughs> all right. Stick around. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform. 